0: Welcome to this podcast for the School of Peace Theology. We are welcoming today Carol Wimmer, who will be teaching a course in the School of Peace Theology in August of 2017 called The Clock. I am Greg Vidal. I'm the director of the School of Peace Theology and Michael Hardin, who is both the founder and director of Preaching Peace, as well as the founder of the School of Peace Theology is with us on this call today. So Carol Wimmer, tell us, for students who are going to jump in and take your course a little about Carol Wimmer and who she is and what she's about.
1: Well, I am thankfully a retired woman, but I have had a really full life. Um, I started out in the Ministry of Music and Theater for 22 years. And I I taught um, music and theater and directed music and theater in the mainline denominations. One was Lutheran and the other was Presbyterian. And I was a very spoiled um, worker in the ministry because I served in very large churches with handsome budgets. And so I pretty much got to do what I wanted to do. And that was all great and wonderful, but in 1995, I felt as though it was time for me to move away from the institutional model. And I just didn't know why, but I felt called to do something that was a big question mark in my mind. But I obeyed that and left the institutional model.
0: Okay, and you left the institutional model and went on toward?
1: Okay, so the question was not fully answered until 2000, but between 1995 and 2000, I had a for what I would call a four-year window of of time that was, for lack of a better word, an encounter, um with the divine that is beyond description and uh you know depending on the circles that you're talking to that can either be received very well or received very poorly Uh, so i'm cautious with how i speak about these four years
2: carol let's Um, let me let me let me throw this in if i may I mean, I've sure. met you. We've talked personally. I've read your books, and um, one of the things I would have to say is, it's possible. It's possible to say um, you have you experience that that deep intuitive knowing self level where where we could say God or the Spirit is present. And but what you did, and by the way, that's the same model that that's the same thing that happened to me. My ex- the experience comes first. But what you did, I think, that's brilliant, was you took this, these insights and you said, the big question is, why are we locked into time? Because the, the, the Bible is doing something different with time. And you wrestled this out and teased it out through the use of good, critical scholarship oh
1: absolutely
2: so interesting your work is so fascinating to me for that very reason
1: yeah i i was going to get to that um and and i agree michael because we cannot stand as human beings we cannot stand on an encounter with the divine and expect to have any credibility because Everyone has encounters with the divine, <laughs> and so uh, I, the only difference that I see, maybe with mine, is the duration of it. It was four solid years of intense, um, gotcha by the neck. I am kidnapping you. I am serving you a plate of food, and you will learn. <laughs> so it was uh, pretty. It was very intense for me, but yes. Uh, What I felt compelled to do after that. Well, first of all, what ended up happening is from that experience um, I ended up with three subjects Time is one of them and then uh, sacred language through the images of nature is another and another is organizational clues that are in scripture that are given to us through uh, imagery so all in all, in a nutshell, all of the insights that I had come through a lens that historical critical scholarship is not um, employing. And that lens is the lens of light, color and image, imagery. And you have to put time in there as well. Light mm-hmm. is light and time are 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 bonded together in ways we don't fully understand. But at any rate the um sci- scientifically but at any at any rate what i ended up doing is i ended up um committing myself to full-time scholarship i ended up putting myself into in uh studies that i never dreamed i would be studying anthropology yes. um horology the study of time and the making of time pieces mm-hmm. um the origin of human writing writing systems, systems of writing um, and all all kinds of things that really when we study scripture through the historical critical lens. And I am not being critical of this because I use it all the time. But when we study scripture through that lens, um, we we really don't get into those subjects. We don't really get into anthropology. We don't really get into horology. Or and I even went into studying the, the the biology. When did when did humans um make the shift between the heart and the mind being the seat of intelligence? When when did we know how to do that or when to do that? And I even went into medical records, ancient medical records, to discover some of that. And so I did, I know you want me to stop, <laughs> but I know that I did. A lot of research that is not part of the historical critical lens, which makes me kind of an odd duck. But at the same point in time, it it doesn't negate the historical critical lens; it augments it.
2: I think so. And, and for you know, you know, you know me, I'm obviously as a mimetic theorist. I'm going to use that lens, uh, even perhaps as a more primary lens than the historical critical method. Uh, at least hermeneutically. So, so let me let me just frame this because one of the things that makes the clock so fascinating is the way you break down the not not just the time scheme, but as you already mentioned, the color scheme. And um, there is uh, uh, some real congruencies between the work you're doing there in those early chapters and the work of Margaret Barker on her Temple theology book. Uh, and there's another book, and I, I can't for the life of me remember the author's name, The Lost World of Genesis 1, who, again, examines Genesis 1 as a temple creation narrative. And so your approach, and of course, they're, they're doing this uh, interdisciplinary, and your approach just message meshes so nicely with these. Um, it seems to me that you have actually further substantiation for your thesis than you might think. But what's exciting about your thesis in the long run and what I think that students of the clock will appreciate is the incredible hope that you express in the clock. Because as I experience time right now, it's hard, it's scary, it's frightening, it's difficult to see any good future. Even though the gospel tells me that, you know, as uh, Julian of Norwich says, all is well, all is well, all will be well, you know. Um, and that's what I like about the clock. It says that, that this meta narrative, God's way of seeing time and space in history is redeemed. So Absolutely. I think students of the, students of the clock are gonna be very excited. So let me turn it back to you, Greg. I,
0: I just, I have such uh, respect for you as a unique individual for the journey that you've been on and then to dive as deeply as you did into biblical studies and, and all the different areas that you started touching and then started writing to the point where your research was so unique and your your ideas were so unique that they actually got press in the academic world. So tell us a little about that.
1: Okay, well, after, after I finished my research to the point where I was satisfied that I had enough underneath to substantiate what I understood. Um, I started writing abstracts and submitting them to various regions in the uh, Society of Biblical Literature. And honestly, it was to test the waters, but (laughs) um, I, I was perhaps scared enough coming from an independent perspective rather than uh university perspective i was scared enough to think that no one would ever even look at the abstracts or give me the time of day but that is not the case Um, i was given the time of day and four of my abstracts were accepted and i was able to present academic papers then in four different regions of the united states and then invited also to put a poster in the um annual meeting uh, in New Orleans in 2009. But I think the kind of the gem that came out of it for me was an invitation to publish an article that I entitled, this is gonna kill you, I entitled it, Prismatic Theology. (laughs) Did you hear that, Michael?
2: (laughs) Oh, I heard, I heard, I heard.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I, I was naive, okay? And it it was uh, published in um, the Science, the uh, Encyclopedia of Sciences and Religions, which was uh, published by Springer. It's a reference work for colleges, universities, and seminaries. It was published in 2013. So that was kind of nice, you know, to be able to be at least recognized in that way. That's right,
2: that's beautiful, that's beautiful. Greg? (laughs)
0: So tell us a little about the course that you're going to teach called the clock without, you know, kind of giving away the course in a sense. But give us a give us a little taste for why it is you're wanting to do that course. What is it that you're wanting students to get? What should be their interest in in taking that? We hope a lot of people do because it's just so unique. But but give us a little feel for it.
1: Well, I think Michael touched very much on what my passion is there. Uh, We live with a one-clock perspective of time and it's this 24-hour rat race that is running around in our heads constantly and we try to shut it off and we try to say that we're going to ignore it and, you know, live in the moment and all this other good mystical stuff. But the truth is we can't shut that off. That is a, uh, for lack of a better word, a mental mechanism. That is that drives the human mind unlike any other species on the on the earth. So we have to deal with it and how we deal with it is of great importance to me and how how we allow it to dim our spirituality or illuminate our spirituality is also important to me. I think it keeps us, I think that 24-hour clock keeps us bound to a negative, dark, I'll go out on a limb here even to say violent um, perspective of life on Earth. And I don't want us us to stay there. Um, I think we have an option, and and I believe that the ancients, because of what I studied with horology, I believe the ancients, um, as the P source, I believe they were on to something when they were working on their zodiac and everything else, that there is a different dimension of time that we can be looking at. Um, the uh, procession around the equinox and how uh, the seasons of time um could be looked at from a through a wider lens now how that ties into genesis is that i believe the p source gave us the methodology to build that clock
2: that's exciting um, it's, it's, and, in other words,
1: yeah, it is it definitely that, is
2: you're not reading the biblical text off as some kind of literal creation account you're no. mining it for the for the, the the mind of the author the author's method is he's Creating this meant this narrative, or we would even could even call it this myth, as you've already noted, that is structured without violence, and this is right. going to be an exciting class, Carol. I'm very excited you're coming on to this, join us in the school, and uh, I'm very I'm excited forward. to do it. Yeah. sure. Oh, may
1: I, right? may I say one more thing? Yes. So the uh, my presentations will be. Uh, PowerPoint slides, PowerPoint, uh, and they are animated, not overly, but there are some things that we need to, excuse me, perceive visually and with a certain amount of motion to it. So uh, I just want people to know that it will be a PowerPoint that we will go through on each session
0: nice well I, i'm excited about this class because having lived in the academic world and been through all sorts of higher level biblical research and studies and whatnot this is a course i i wouldn't be picking up anyplace else it's so unique um and so i'm so glad that you're offering it here because you nobody will get this perspective in terms of how to look at genesis 1 and, and all the practical implications regarding time and, and how it touches our lives Um, So thank you for offering that course here. It's going to be great for students who who take advantage of that. And so, and thank you for being with us uh, here today. So great talking with you and getting some insights uh, into you and to the course that you're teaching. Thank you, Greg.
1: Thank you, you, Michael. Yeah,
2: Michael, close off. You know, Greg, uh, the issue of time uh, is, uh, I started to say, is old. Uh, When you uh, get back into the uh, early Hellenistic, uh, very early pre-Socratic philosophers, and they are really wrestling with this issue of time as well. And of course, Augustine uh, left his bequeathed his view of time to the West, and that we've pretty much been locked into that ever since. A course like this is going to help unpack how we are literally ruled by time chronos as a as a god as a principality of power uh what what our view of time does to us psychologically spiritually intellectually so i'm excited greg for this and and uh i know the, that it's uh, again it's just another great big piece of this larger peace theological puzzle that um preaching peace in the school of peace theology are teasing out